So I think one thing about New Year's resolutions is that we can kind of get a wee bit caught up on the goal, right? It's like, um, okay, I want to go to the gym like four times a week for the rest of the year, right? So say you set yourself that goal and you end up going three times a week. You know, you're going to end that week and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't reach my goal. I'm such a failure, you know? But when you step back and you look at it, like, wow, going to the gym three times a week is actually pretty amazing, right? So what if we kind of flipped the script a little bit and instead we were like, what's the stuff that matters to me? Like this year, what kind of towards moves do I want to make? You know, like if I want to see future me, like really kind of with thriving physical health and mental health and like really rich, meaningful connections with other people, like, what kind of behaviours can I do that take me towards that life? Hi, I'm Claire Goodwin, and this is the PCOS Nutritionist Podcast. I have PCOS too, and I know how hard it can be to get the help you need. So I bring together my expertise as a registered nutritionist and exercise scientist, together with other experts I trust and people with real-life lived experience of PCOS to help you get the information you need to make a real difference to your symptoms. Like me, I'm sure that you've made many New Year's resolutions in the past, and I'm sure that you've failed at almost all of them, as have I. We aren't alone. Research tells us that by February, as many as 80% of New Year's resolutions will have been abandoned, and 91% will fail by the end of the year. Well, why is this? Sophia Dawson, our resident psychologist, is here to help me unpack this, and most of it has to do with how we set these goals in the first place. If you haven't heard of Sophia before, she is a registered psychologist and founder of Bloomer's Psychology. She specializes in helping people like us make actual change, meeting us where we are and providing tools and techniques to help us get to where we want to go. Sophia takes a really holistic view of psychological health, seeing that what we eat, how we move, sleep and our vitamin and mineral intake are incredibly important to our physical and mental health. So much so that she's actually going back to do a PhD next year to work with Professor Julia Rutledge on micronutrient intake and psychological health, which will be very interesting. So as you're thinking ahead towards the coming year, this podcast is going to help you to get you to where you want to be without setting yourself up for failure. If you had a friend who said, I'm going to become an astronaut and go to the moon next year, you know, you might say, well, well, that's a really, really big goal. And you might be setting yourself up for failure here. That, is that really achievable within a year? Like not trying to be a downer, but just like trying to make sure that they don't feel like a failure, especially if they then this time next year, they're like, oh my God, I'm such a failure. I didn't achieve that goal. Is that you wouldn't be like, yeah, you are a failure. Like, yeah, you're, you, like, you can never stick to anything. You're a failure. You'd never say that. You'd say, well, but you had such a massive goal that like probably realistically wasn't achievable in a year and you're not a failure, but actually look at all the amazing things that you did do to kind of like at least start towards that goal. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, one thing that kind of comes up for me on that topic is actually around the stuff that matters to us mm. as well, because sort of like, you know, if your friend did come to you wanting to be an astronaut, I'd be really curious about kind of what it is about that that really matters to them. You know, is it that what matters, like their why in this mm. example is, you know, doing something really challenging, doing something really different. And so, for example, if they didn't become an astronaut by next year, you know, 
instead of being really hard on themselves, we can think, well, hey, I mean, you made so many amazing steps towards that goal. Um, You've actually done an amazing job, right? But if we're so kind of hooked, like really rigidly on a goal, it kind of makes it hard for us to recognize when we've actually done a lot of stuff that's really great, kind of in the direction of what matters to us. You know, you've learned a lot about what it means to be an astronaut. You know, you've, I don't know, probably met some really cool new people, right? And so the stuff that matters to us could be about like personal growth, connection, challenge, right? And so we can almost see it in a different, in a different lens. And I think that's a really good intro into some of the things we're going to be talking about today, which is instead of setting New Year's resolutions, what we can do instead, which is about setting those um, goals around our values or what matters to us um, about and really recognising what that is that we can start to actually make towards moves towards that instead of having those rigid goals like I want to lose 20 kilos right like which and often because often those goals are not within our control like going back to the astronaut example it might be like well NASA's not going to program to go to the like to the moon this year so unless you're like that oh my god did you watch that crazy submarine Netflix documentary no but you're the third person that I have to watch this so I'll take it as a sign oh my god it's it's a little bit it's very traumatic because it's I mean horrific murder rape case as well so I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it because it is quite traumatic but he I mean one of the things is he goes about trying to create his own rocket but unless you're him who is obviously like psychotic and a narcissist and like lots of other things that are not good Unless you're him, you are relying on someone else having a space program that you're going to get on and join, right? So that's not necessarily in your, in your control. The same thing goes for sometimes our body. We're not in control of what our body is doing. And so although we can make all the right steps to that and we can work towards that in terms of the actual finite outcome, like the number of kilos on the scale or the mm. like maybe it's pregnancy or another symptom – we can't necessarily guarantee what that is going to be in an actual numbers or like results, but we can guarantee what we're going to do, like what the things, steps that we're going to take. Totally. And so, as you say, that's a really nice segue into the New Year's resolution side of things. And um, yeah, so mate. What I was going to start with, what, why um, going into it more detail? So, like, people will be office still sitting there and going, yes, but I, I know, I know what you mean, but. I'm still a failure. I've still never been able to stick to anything for a year. Like, why is that that generally? Because there's so much research that shows that New Year's resolutions don't work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, it's something ridiculous. Like, 90% of people by March have not stuck with their New Year's resolution. I, I can't actually remember the exact stat. It's but probably it's, it. I yeah. mean, that you could probably go and ask the gym down the road of how many people sign up and how many people are really still going by yeah. March. So that's fair. So what is it about those, like, resolutions that don't work? Okay, super important question. And I think one concept that sort of comes to my mind first is about the idea of towards moves and away moves. And mm. so there's this idea... Well, actually, in reality, apparently we make 35,000 choices in one day, which is really wild to think about, right? And so we every choice we make either takes us towards the life we want to live and towards the person we want to be or away 
from the life we want to live and away from the person we want to be. So to kind of understand what a towards move might be for somebody, we need to understand the stuff that really matters to them. So kind of what I mean by that is like your why, you know, like, is it like, I really value connection. I value engagement. I value challenge. I value personal growth. You know, it's understanding somebody's why. And so essentially a towards move is taking you towards being like the future you that you kind of hope you're being, right? Um, And so I think one thing about New Year's resolutions is that we can kind of get a wee bit caught up on the goal, Mm. right? It's like, um, okay, I want to go to the gym like four times a week for the rest of the year, right? So say you set yourself that goal. And you end up going three times a week. You know, you're going to end that week and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I didn't reach my goal. I'm such a failure, you know. But when you step back and you look at it, like, wow, going to the gym three times a week is actually pretty amazing, right? So what if we kind of flipped the script a little bit and instead we were like, what's the stuff that matters to me? Like this year, what kind of towards moves do I want to make? You know, like if I want to see future me, like really kind of with thriving physical health and mental health and like really rich, meaningful connections with other people. Like what kind of behaviors can I do that take me towards that life? And so the thing with when we have the resolutions that are kind of rigid goals is that it's very easy to feel like we've failed. But if we flip the script on that gym example, And instead we were thinking, you know, this year I really want to kind of nourish my body. Um, It really matters to me to kind of, I don't know, have physical fitness um, and incorporate some kind of exercise into my life, whatever that looks like. You know, even going to the gym one time in the week is actually a win, right? You've taken a a step in the direction towards future me. Um, So I think it's kind of asking ourselves, you know, is it that I can look at the stuff that matters to me and I guess see any towards move as Mm. a win? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of almost, instead of creating like, as you said, like a finite kind of goal, almost creating a persona for yourself. Mm. Like a lot of like marketing teams and stuff would create personas for people that they are marketing to who are like our our like customer and who is that this is Jane and she's 35 and she likes these things and this thing it's kind of almost like creating that for yourself and going okay cool so what do I want to work towards and and you know what do I want to change what do I think is going to be help me kind of even if it is a goal that I've got so maybe taking that so say you're like yeah Claire but I know you're saying don't set a weight loss goal but I've been told by my doctor I need to lose weight in order to get pregnant or I've been told like I you know I just don't feel great being in this body shape or body like type and I want to or I I don't feel good like I don't feel um, as you said vibrant and full of energy and good mental health and good connections what how do I then flip that script and go mm. from a very weight-based goal to a values or like what matters to me goal? Mm. So that, that's such a great question. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to say our physical health, I mean, I think what we all kind of want is for our bodies to be able to thrive, to nourish our bodies, to nurture them so that they can, I guess, act as we sort of want them to, right? You know, we all want to live really long, meaningful, rich lives, hey? Um, 
So I think if if somebody kind of does really want to lose weight for whatever reason that that is, it's thinking, okay, nurturing and nourishing my body is really important to me. Having a baby is really important to me. Um, My physical health is really important to me. So what are towards moves that I can make each day, no matter how big, no matter how small, that take me in that direction, Mm -hmm. right? And so... It could be that in the morning you wake up and you have a really nutrient-dense breakfast. Mm -hmm. You know, you've already kind of ticked that box of making that towards move, haven't you? You haven't necessarily ticked the box of losing 10 kilos, but you've ticked a box that's kind of taken you in a step in that direction, if that makes sense. Mm, Absolutely. And I think that's why when you're looking at that and saying, yes, okay, but I don't necessarily know what those exact towards moves are, that's where, like, working with someone who knows this area and can go, yeah, well, these are the steps that you need to take to, you know, to get to that outcome that you want. But making sure that you choose the people that are going to help you do that in the in this way of in this way of setting these small kind of towards moves as opposed to, you know, going and thinking, okay, I'm going to sign up to a boot camp where they're going to, you know, like where they might put you on a like 1200 calorie diet and you have to work out five times a week. Like I'm thinking of like there's multiple different gyms and um, like who do like nutrition plans and exercise plans, especially that really thrive off this time of year of getting you in there. But the problem is, is that if you set that, if you say, right, I have to, you know, go to the gym four times a week, then well, what happens when life happens later in January or February or you have a um, sick child or you have a like a week where you're traveling for work or you have when you're sick yourself and therefore you you don't meet those the criteria that you've been told you have to mm-hmm. and suddenly you feel like this, oh, I've fallen off the wagon and oh, well, like I failed now. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm just going to like, I'll, I'll just blow out now because I've failed. I haven't met those those goals this week and I'll start again next week or next month or God forbid next year. But you know, like that's, that's a really common scenario, right? Totally. And therefore, if our behavior is being guided by the stuff that matters to us, like nurturing and nourishing our body, like if life does get in the way and say we do get sick, nurturing and nourishing our body actually looks really different, right? Like it means that we're getting more sleep it means that maybe we're pumping more nutrients into our bodies, you know, taking more vitamins and minerals, right? And so we're not kind of rigidly sort of hooked on this idea of like, I have to lose 10 kilos. Mm. If we're coming from the stuff that matters to us, like I want to nurture and nourish my body, we're, we're kind of making towards, towards moves all day, aren't we? We can feel that sense of self-efficacy. There's so many ways that we can make towards moves that don't just look like losing 10 kilos in three months or whatever it might be. Or going to the gym four times a week. Exactly. You know, like that's the, and I think that that I've seen this in myself. I've seen this in so many patients where when they set those really rigid goals, as you said, it's like the goals rather than the, like what, what I want to, like how I want to feel or what I want to be like then when something does crop up, there is a, is, is a barrier like sickness or travel or, you know, then because you can't meet that goal, you then like, oh, I've fallen off the wagon. So then almost you make like backward steps because you're like, I'm such a failure, I couldn't make it work that, oh, well, now I'm just going to blow out and eat everything and not do, you know, like because I've 
been feeling really restricted the last probably the last few weeks as well and now I'm going to eat everything that I like have previously it's been banned by this program that I'm doing or something like that and then I'll start next week but actually that's a really hard thing to do because then you're like having to again go back to that level of restriction and that level of like the number of like days you want to be the gym or like other quite tough kind of goals that have been set or you've set for yourself that's so true and I think that speaks to the idea of course of making away moves isn't Mm. it like often when we make away moves so when we're doing behaviors that take us kind of away from the future us that we want to be and away from all the stuff that matters to us feels pretty good in the short term right you know like yeah it is it is you know it can be just like you know, eating that like really, I don't know, amazing chocolate cake at Christmas time or, you know, whatever it is, which like that's not necessarily in a way of actually in itself because if we're surrounded by people that we love and and people we care about, you know, that's a towards move. It's about connection, isn't it? But I guess it's recognizing that away moves, they make us feel great in the short term. But then in the long term, we're kind of like slowly getting further and further away from where we want to be. But in saying that, away moves are such a normal part of being human. I mean, show us a human who has not made one away move, even in a day, Mm. right? Like even it comes down to even just pressing snooze on your alarm for an extra 10 minutes, doesn't it? I mean, making away moves is so human. And so I think if we've got this idea of a rigid goal in our mind, you know, it's almost like we can become really angry towards ourselves for making an away move. Mm. But if we kind of see, you know, I'm human and if I'm making mostly towards moves, Mm. that's pretty awesome. Right. And I imagine that if you're nurturing, nourishing your body and that's kind of what you're wanting your days to be guided by, sooner or later, maybe you will kind of reach that that weight loss goal, you know, and you've kind of acted towards yourself with compassion. You've seen yourself as I'm human. You know, it's okay for me to sleep through the gym today. Right. And again, keeping in mind that could be a towards move if you're sick. Totally. I did that exactly this morning. We didn't have a great night's sleep last night with Florence and I kind of set myself up a goal that I was going to go for a run or go to the gym this morning. I woke up. I absolutely, that was not going to work for me. So I was like, great, we'll go for a walk instead. And totally. Totally fine. Like feel really good about that. But if I had been so stuck on that or hooked on that idea that I was going to like, no, I have to go for a run, I have to go the, for the to the gym, it actually probably would have been more detrimental for my health because I'm in a like a like sleep deprived state. We've had a really busy week. Like my stress hormones are probably quite high, and doing something else high intensity is probably actually going to be like more detrimental than what it is beneficial. Exactly, and so that's another really great example of how this idea of like rigidity actually mm. is really unhelpful, right? Because like what I'm hearing is that was totally a towards move this morning. But I bet at the time, you know, if we were super rigid on, I have to go to the gym, like if I was in your position, I probably would have done neither, Mm. right? Like I wouldn't have gone for a walk because I would have been so like, oh God, you know, I'm a failure. failure. I haven't, I haven't done that. Oh, well now that's thrown my entire week out. You know, maybe I'll start again next week, Mm. right? But you did the thing of, you know, you still made it towards move in the presence and you recognize like, hey, this is actually a better way to nurture and nourish my body today, which is brilliant. And the other way that I, I really like that, that is this description that you have for these, you know, setting those kind of values of who you want to be is, is setting like a North Star for yourself or a, like compass and that 
you're being guided towards the sort of destination of mm-hmm. like the, who you want to be. And the, I really like the thought of this because it then, um, if you were, if you were thinking about getting to any other destination, so say you were going on holiday and it was going to be a eight hour road trip to get to your holiday destination, then you would not expect that you could drive for eight hours and not have one single hold up, right? There wasn't one single roadworks. I mean, if you live in New Zealand, like you cannot cannot expect to go like five kilometers down the road without finding light roadworks. Or there wasn't one single traffic jam or even one single red light on that destination. You know, you're going to or one like needing to go to the toilet or um, you know, multiple people needing to go to the toilet in the car or things like that, or needing to stop for water or for food. And so you like when you have when you kind of can see that in the way that you would look at it in the context of a road trip you can see that there's going to be variations and detours and slight hold-ups in that so you might have to actually detour slightly off the road to go and find a public toilet to go to or to you know like there is a roadworks and you might have to detour around it but the way that um most of us see our like goals or what we're trying to do with our health is we see that there is no room or space for those Mm -hmm. that we have to either it has to be completely linear or we've fallen off the wagon. That's so true. And I think you're speaking to two really important points there, right? Like with that idea of a compass. And the first one is kind of like being really clear Mm -hmm. on where you're wanting to travel, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you weren't clear on where you wanted to travel on your road trip, you'd just be sitting in your driveway in your car, right? So being really clear about kind of what you're trying to achieve is really important, what you want your life to look like. And and then the second point, of course, is, yeah, I love that metaphor. It's so true of kind of like, again, being compassionate towards yourself and recognising it's not realistic to think that kind of reaching any goal that we set for ourselves is linear, because it isn't, right? Like it's completely realistic to expect that there's going to be some detours along the way. There's going to be some traffic jams and we're going to be held up. And again, that's all part of being human. But if you have that compass, that like what you've set for yourself based on what you think is important to you, then you will always be kind of traveling towards that, whether you have a hold up for a couple of days or a couple of like weeks even, or you have to, you know, like you have to detour or you do find that um, things just don't work for you, like for a couple of weeks, then that's fine. You realize that that is all part of that rather than feeling like I've failed. um, I might as well just give up now and start again or, I think another thing that people, we we get into feeling as well as, well, this, I haven't reached my goal within the amount of time I I set. Like I want to, you know, especially if it was like, I want to lose 20 kilos in, I don't know, eight weeks or something, you know, but that's completely unrealistic. That's so true. That's so true. And I think, um, I guess just to um, really reinforce kind of what we're talking about here, right, is kind of like our compass is our why, like all the stuff that really matters to us. And when we're setting goals, our goals are always aligned with the stuff that matters to us. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, with this nurturing and nourishing my body, of course, we can kind of have that goal of, you know, I'd really like to lose weight. But if we're kind of waking up every day um, and we're doing all of these towards moves, you know, we're still kind of, we're 
behave and kind of in the direction of where we want to be. Mm. And so if there is a traffic light that is red and then it breaks and then there's police that have to come and they have to direct traffic, you know, we recognise, hey, you know, I'm still moving in the desired direction and that's what matters. Mm. Um, So it's totally possible to set ourselves these kind of, I guess, time-framed goals, but it's also kind of balancing and navigating that with, as you're saying, like what is realistic, you know, and it kind of takes us back to, you know, what would we say if our friend said that to us? You know, if our friend said, well, I want to lose 20 kilos in like two weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd be like, hey, I hear that, you know, losing weight sounds really important to you, but what's the stuff kind of within your control here? Like in two weeks, you know, you can go for some beach walks, you could go to the gym, you could have some really nutrient-dense food. You know, I'd, I'd be curious about kind of what thought it is we're being hooked on that's telling us we have to lose that weight mm. in that space of time. I mean, is that, you know, a, a level, life or death thing? You know? Maybe yeah. For some people, maybe not, though. Yeah, I doubt it. And yeah. I think that's a really good thing, a really good point. So if, if someone's saying, well, I you know, my goal, but I've already kind of set myself this, this is what I want to achieve – Maybe asking yourself why. Exactly. And I think, like, when we are asking ourselves why, it comes back to our why. It comes back to future me, the person that I want to be in the future. You know, I want to lose weight because maybe it means I can run around with my kids more. Mm -hmm. You know, I can be more connected with them. Um, It's really kind of thinking about, like, what is underpinning Mm -hmm. my goal? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's I think that's where we get to the actual what matters to us because when we actually ask that question of like why okay why do you want to lose weight it's like well because in that case well I want to run around with my kids well but that you can you know like a lot of the time you can do that whatever body weight you are right it's more about your physical vi- like vibrancy or how I feel do I feel am I feeling fit do I have the energy and the fitness to be able to do that you can do that at whatever body weight you are so it is the um while like the goal, you know, might be started out at weight, you then realize that actually from that, what my core, what things that matter to me are, how I feel, what and what I'm doing. And and the likely outcome might, you know, is likely that you will lose weight because you're putting in those towards moves to become that kind of person. But you're more likely to stick for it for a longer period of time, even through the weeks where you don't see the scale moving or you don't feel any change in your clothes or you don't see any change in photos. And and that's the thing that's going to get you there as opposed to being like, well, I failed. I haven't lost, you know, you know, a kilo this week. Oh, well, I'm, this is obviously not working. I'm going to give up now and start again next month. Find a new diet. That's it. I think that's such a great example of like, we almost kind of lose sight of the journey. It's like we become so kind of fixated on the destination that we're not kind of paying attention to the journey, right? So like with that running around with your kids example, you know, if you do start to eat really nutritious food and you do start to exercise and you make all these lifestyle changes, you know, it's like paying attention to kind of how does this make me feel? Like what changes am I noticing in my day-to-day life? Like do I have more energy? Am I kind of waking up and bouncing out of bed, you know, and I didn't used to do that. This noticing this stuff is really important, right, because that in itself is really reinforcing. But if I'm super fixated on losing 20 kilos, I'm missing all of that. 
right? And I'm not going to be content until I've lost 20 kilos. Mm. I've completely overlooked the fact that I have so much more energy. You know, maybe my mood is better. You know, there's all this other stuff that we're missing. So the journey's important. So what are the other th- what are some of the other mistakes that we make when we're setting these like um, New Year's resolutions or goals? I would say I think a big one actually is making goals around how you want to feel mm. in the sense of like emotions because what we are learning about like our thoughts and feelings is that we can't control them right and so when we set goals around I want to be happy. I want to be content. Like these sorts of goals, we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure, right? Because thoughts and feelings, the way that I look at them anyway, they're kind of like the weather, you know? Like the weather comes and goes. Sometimes clouds and rain kind of hang hang around for way longer than we'd like. And it might be days, you know, I don't know, depending on where you are in the world, maybe it's weeks. Um, And, of course, we'd really like the rain to go away and for the sun to come out but there's kind of nothing we can do to change the weather right like we can adapt you know we can go outside we can have an umbrella we can have a raincoat on you know the weather kind of doesn't stop us necessarily from living the lives we want to live but one thing we know for sure about the weather is that it will always change it will always come and go and this is just like our thoughts and feelings Like, if we just think about that for ourselves right now, you know, I don't think any of us have experienced a thought or a feeling that has been persistently there since the day we were born, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they come and they go. And just like really tricky thoughts and feelings come and go, so too do the pleasant thoughts and feelings, right? Like, no matter how much we try, it's actually impossible to hold on to this stuff. So when we're setting goals that are around wanting to feel X, Y, Z, it's actually pretty impossible. And again, I'd I'd want to be, I'd be curious about, you know, what is it that you would see yourself doing? Mm. Like if you were happy, you know, what does that look like? Mm. You know, is it like you're going out with your friends more? Is it that you're spending less time on your devices You know, like, what does that actually look like for you? And can you start to make those towards moves? Doesn't remember, it doesn't matter kind of how big or how small they are. Mm -hmm. What matters is that you're traveling in the desired direction. Yeah. So something like you can, you can set a goal to feel more um, energetic, right? Because it's not necessarily a, like an emotion, like, the emotions we'd be saying is I want to feel more probably, I don't think that most people would say I want to feel more sad. So I want to feel more happy or I want to feel more, as you said, um, like would be would connected be something that you don't have control over or do you think you do because you you can like, you could say, okay, well, but again, you'd be saying, you'd be asking yourself, well, what does connected mean to me? Exactly. Like what is, so connection is kind of like the value. Connection is mm. the thing that matters to me. And so maybe the goal might look like, you know, I want to be going out for dinner once a week with a friend, mm. you know. And yes. so feeling connected, I would say, is kind of like a byproduct yeah. of making towards moves in the direction of connection. Yeah, exactly. So I could think, right, what are the things that I think I could do to feel more connected? Or at least I could try and see, because I might not know. Like, for example, the I want to feel happy. Well, 
when you say, well, what does happiness look like for you? You might say at the moment, I don't know because I haven't felt that feeling for a wee while. So I don't actually know what, what that feels like for me. But I can try things. So I could imagine that, yeah, maybe I have felt happy in the past when I have been at the beach. So if I could go to the beach more, if I live somewhere that that's accessible, or maybe if I don't, if I live like, you know, eight hours from the nearest beach, then that might not be. But could it be that maybe water? Is there somewhere, is there a water mass near me that I could go and try and see if I can, you know, like, and, and does that, you know, do I get a lot of joy out of going to do that? And if so, cool, could I make that more of a regular thing in my, like, weekly or daily life? Totally. I think that's that's the really awesome point is just trying stuff out. You know, mm. if you're not sure, that's okay. You know, we don't have to be sure of stuff. But it is really important to kind of, I guess, be like a curious scientist, right? Like, when I do this, like, when I do go to the beach, like, what do I notice? Mm. You know, like, what do I notice in my body? You know, how does that feel? Where do I feel it? You know, how connected do I feel to the stuff that matters to me right now? But the thing is, you know, if we're not trying stuff, we're not kind of getting those experiences. And so it's almost kind of like, again, you're stuck in the driveway, Mm. you know, without, you know, even kind of getting on the road. Yeah. (laughs) So we need to get on the road somehow. And it doesn't matter if like the first step on the road is maybe in the wrong direction, right? Because sooner or later we kind of realize, hey, maybe the beach isn't my thing. You know, maybe I am actually traveling in the wrong direction here. Okay, that's cool. I'm human. Or maybe when I realized, when I thought back to, the beach making me happy, it was not because it was the beach, it was because of who I was with. Exactly, exactly. That's it. And so I think, you know, one thing that's important for me to be really clear about is, you know, is it that we can just do behaviours because they're towards moves, because they're taking us in the direction of the stuff that matters to us and not being so fixated on the feeling Mm -hmm. that underpins that? You know, because remember, we can't control our feelings. So is it possible that these pleasant feelings are actually a byproduct of us being connected to the stuff that really matters most? Absolutely. So the like, just kind of in summary to the things that we've talked about so far, it's really like the um, don't set like finite goals, like the I want to go to the gym four times a week or I, I want to lose 20 kilos. It's like instead thinking, okay, what is it? So if I want to lose 20 kilos, why? What is the value? What is the, what do I, the... Um, stuff that matters. Yeah, stuff, stuff that matters to me that is, that I want to achieve. And maybe it's the, like, I, um, I want to be the kind of person that exercises. I want to be the kind of person that cooks really good meals or that goes to the gym or whatever it is that, you see and then the weight loss might be a byproduct of that totally totally and the second thing is don't set values don't set goals or news resolutions around an emotion because they you can't control them and so instead and also too I think we talked about this before but before we started the podcast but sometimes like emotions are so fleeting like the weather that you might be feeling really down like that day and so you're like oh my gosh I just you know I feel I feel really down today. And so my goal for this year is I want to be more happy. And then a week later, you're actually that weather has, that storm has passed and you're feeling really good. And so you're then like, oh, well, I'm not so determined about this particular goal at the moment, right? Because I actually feel really good. But then two weeks later, that feeling might return again. And so you're like, oh no, I actually do want to. So it can be really hard to stick to that North Star if 
you're, you know, like if you're a goal, the North Star is an emotion and your emotions keep changing. That's it, because you're setting your goal on something that's fleeting. Mm. So when you're setting your goal aligned with the stuff that matters to you, aligned with your values, that's the stuff that's consistent. Like, yes, our values and the stuff that matters to us does change over time, but it's far more stable, right, than our thoughts and feelings that come and go, you know, sometimes even in 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. okay? So, yeah, being really clear of is this goal based on an emotion or is it based on something that actually really matters to me kind of deep in my heart? Yeah. That's so true. Is there anything else that you see really commonly where people kind of might be making mistakes around these New Year's resolutions? I mean, I think one thing is that people can get really hooked on thoughts about the way that they are. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like their verbal definition or their verbal description of themselves kind of overshadows all of these other parts of them. And it's sort of like that idea of like, you know, if I describe myself as, oh, well, I just can't stick to news resolutions. You know, I'm really terrible at sticking to them. You know, do you reckon that's going to be helpful kind of in the pursuit of making towards moves? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not, right? So, I mean, it's really important for us to kind of recognise that 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 might be one part of me. You know, maybe in the past I did find it really tricky to stick. resolutions. But now I can see why. I can see that what I said to myself was completely unrealistic or was guided by a goal as opposed to what mattered to me or another reason. You know, like we can we you can query that and go, why do I think that about myself? Yeah. And and recognizing again, like this is a thought, isn't it? So I mean thoughts come and go. Mm. And this year I can actually make towards moves in the direction of my New Year's resolution. And all of a sudden I am the person that sticks to New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And I think that that can be the case for so many things. Like maybe the story that you've been telling yourself is I'm not, I'm just not a a person that cooks, you know, like, and when we had this recently with one of our, um, one of our patients and she was like, yeah, I've been kind of telling my, myself this, this thing for a long time. And actually when you stop and think about it, what, is where did it has that come from? And maybe it was something as simple as your mother or your grandmother saying something to you, like when you were six years old, like, oh, you're never going to be great in the kitchen or something like that, right, that you have then internalised for such a long time and there is really no basis to that or really no reason why you can't change. So maybe in the past, even if the thing that you've been telling yourself is I just don't really enjoy cooking, Maybe that has been because you haven't been inspired or you haven't had the time to do that or you just haven't, like, you haven't um, been taught how to create great food and so therefore you haven't been that happy with what you have created. And so there's so many reasons why we can tell ourselves these stories, right? Totally. I think a lot of the time our stories can be kind of protective, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Maybe, you know, on this cooking example, like maybe you made your family dinner and everyone was like, oh my gosh, that is disgusting. You know, like what have you made? And, you know, you can imagine all the really kind of painful feelings that would show up for somebody. Like in that moment, you know, you'd feel, oh, maybe embarrassment and and maybe you'd have that thought of, oh my gosh, I'm such a failure. I'm so terrible at cooking. And so 
kind of holding on to that verbal description of yourself is sort of protective, right? Because it means that, you know, well, if you don't try cooking again, like you're, you're probably not going to experience those same feelings and those same thoughts again. But when we're kind of like hooked on these verbal descriptions of ourselves, you know, they're pretty unhelpful because often they mean that we don't get to try and experience all sorts of new stuff. And maybe that's actually like an outdated thing, or maybe that's never actually the way that the world was anyway. Um, and so it's just kind of recognizing, you know, these stories can be protective. And also sometimes these stories, like they're just arbitrary. They're just mm-hmm. stuff that our mind tells us because our minds like to talk, right? So it's just really important to kind of hold these thoughts, you know, kind of, I guess, with a bit of flexibility and recognizing, hey, maybe in the past I did make a really terrible meal. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I can try again. Mm. You know, that's not fixed. Um, it can be, you know, if I've got that story of, well, I just don't cook, all that takes is one small towards move, you know, going to the supermarket, getting a couple of ingredients and, and making yourself eggs on toast, mm. right? Like it doesn't matter the size of the towards move. It's just thinking, you know, if I do want to be the kind of person that cooks because maybe cooking to my family is like bringing everybody together and that's really important to me, you know, what is one small towards move that I can make today or this week that can take me in that direction? Yeah. And I mean, because this is all just how we change and grow like you know none of us know how to cook when we're six years old but if we never challenge that then we'd still be telling ourselves I'm the kind of person that plays with Barbies and I'm the kind of you know like I'm like that's like think about like if you were the same person as what you were when you were six years old what would you be doing you know that and so just because maybe you haven't been you know you haven't had success cooking previously doesn't mean that that's going to be the case for you for life everyone can learn anything I believe Absolutely. Exactly. And it's recognizing, I guess, kind of having that approach to our life, isn't it? You know, things aren't fixed. Things are dynamic and they're constantly changing. And there's always towards moves that I can make. But I think, you know, our biggest downfall as humans really can be kind of getting hooked on these thoughts and feelings and letting them boss us around, kind of letting them tell us how we should behave and how the world is. And we kind of end up inside our heads a lot. You know, it's sort of like, say your friend kind of traveled to Paris and they came back and they said to you, oh my gosh, Paris is so dirty. Like you should not go there. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to go there. Right? Like you never kind of learn for yourself. You never go out there and go to Paris and go, wow, you know, Paris is actually really beautiful. Yeah, there's, you know, maybe some parts that that aren't as nice, but it's beautiful and I'm so glad I went. But also, too, if my value is not really in cleanliness, right? Like, if my value is more in, like, the, um, it's like eating amazing food and seeing great art and, like, I actually don't give a stuff about dirtiness, right? Like, you know, like, actually, like, why why does everything have to be clean? Like, is that even an important thing for me? And, like, personally, I don't really care. Like, if the other things that are, like, more important to me, my values are far more, like, far more around, as I said, like, eating and being there with great people and um, culture and art and stuff like that, then that is like so much more like my value. Whereas if I was guided by my value was being in somewhere where everything was very orderly and clean and that's what I really valued, then yeah, maybe I would it would change where I traveled. And you know, I mean that's a really good point actually, isn't it? Um, but I think it sort of highlights how damaging it would be if we just took yeah people's word for it all the time. And 
that is also illuminating how damaging it can be if we just take our mind's word for it all the time, you know, because I think like if we just think of our thoughts right now, you know, we can probably recognize that every thought that we have isn't necessarily true, isn't necessarily false. But, you know, the way I think is helpful is for us to look at it and think, is this thought helpful or unhelpful? Mm. Like if I let this thought boss me around right now, is this going to take me in the direction that I want to travel in? Or is it not? Because as you say, with Paris, if what's important to me is culture and like eating amazing food and adventure and travel, you know, it's pretty unhelpful to listen to this one person's review of the city, isn't it? So it's it's really kind of a lesson in like holding everything lightly and being able to step back from our thoughts and it and also our feelings and kind of think, hey, if this bosses me around, is this going to be helpful or is this going to be unhelpful? Yeah. And I think that really brings up a really good point, point which is that like I think that a lot of us think that that voice in our head is us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's a good point because if you're thinking about it, it kind of can sound like us, can't it? Um However, our minds have evolved to keep us safe and to protect us from danger. And so they're always on the lookout for threat, essentially. And so their job is kind of to be wired and hooked on the stuff that could possibly get in the way of us, you know, being safe, essentially, right? So, like, I mean, if you imagine, you know, if our minds weren't wired that way, if there was like a, I don't know, like an axe murderer hurtling towards us, and our mind wasn't wired to be absolutely kind of centred on that. And instead we were like, wow, I wonder where they got their pants from. <laughs> you know, like that would actually be really dangerous, right? And so I guess the reason that I'm saying this is because if we kind of live inside our heads and believe that everything that our mind says is, is totally true and totally valuable, um, it's probably likely to lead us in a rather unhelpful direction. But it's important to be able to tease out the stuff that's helpful versus the stuff that's unhelpful. Mm. But recognising and having this lens that what my mind's telling me may actually not be helpful. Mm. And there's a part of me that can notice that. And the part of me that notices whether what my mind is telling me is helpful or unhelpful, that's me, Mm. right? Because if I can notice my thoughts that means that I'm not my thoughts, right? So true. So true. And so I think that that is really good kind of questioning, like we would question other things or other people that said, you know, exactly that example, like don't travel to Paris, it's so dirty. If you'd already been to Paris and you loved it, you'd be like, you know, you'd be able to kind of question it and be like, well, hold on, I've actually been there. And like I, yeah, as you said, it might might be that there was certain parts that weren't so great, but actually I didn't really notice them because I was so, you know, so consumed by the things that I was loving, like the food and the culture and stuff. And so, no, I wouldn't have the same, like I wouldn't tell someone that exact same thing. So it's that almost that being able to question your own thought about that. Like I'm a failure because I've never been able to stick to any New Year's resolutions or I'm not the kind of person who um, cooks. You can then go, hold on, is this actually true? Is this actually a true thought? And why? Like what's caused me to to think that? It's even like kind of transcending that, going one step further and thinking like, is this thought helpful? Mm-hmm. You know, is it helpful for me to be hooked by the thought, you know, I'm terrible at sticking to news resolutions or I'm a terrible cook. 
right? Because if I am hooked on that thought and that thought does boss me around, that's probably like likely to take me into an away move. Totally. Isn't it? That's I think that's actually that's far more helpful than que- even querying it and saying, well, why do I think that? Because actually when you ask that, maybe you will find justification. Totally. And then like, we're like buying into it a little bit more. more because yeah. like as humans, there's that whole confirmation bias thing, mm. right? Like where if I hold a hypothesis, I can definitely find evidence that supports my hypothesis, <laughs> right? I mean, we can all find evidence. I can definitely find evidence where, you know, I have been a terrible cook in the past, right? But I can also see that there have been times that maybe I've made a cake that hasn't risen or, mm. you know, maybe I burnt the chicken, which was or undercooked the chicken a couple of weeks ago. Um, and there have also been times, you know, where I have made stuff that's actually been like really delicious, surprisingly, you know, mm. quite good, right? So it's kind of like holding our thoughts lightly and stepping back from them and thinking, yeah, if this bosses me around, is this going to be yeah. helpful? Yeah, that's so true. So if you were, so say you were, um, in the situation where you really wanted to prioritise your health this year. Mm-hmm. How would you go about doing that? So taking all of these steps that we've just talked about, what would be the things that you, you know, kind of like put in place this week to, to um, help you get further towards where you want to be this time next year? Yeah, great question. I think firstly what I would get really clear about is like if health was really important to me, and I was living this kind of really healthy life, what does that look like for me? What's the behaviours that I would be doing? What would be kind of little things each day that I could do? You know, and maybe there's stuff that's, you know, like maybe it's quite big, you know, in the sense of like, you know, we've talked about a weight loss goal. Um, or maybe it's, you know, I, I want to try different forms of exercise. It's kind of becoming really clear on what it looks like and not just being stuck on the goal of I want to be healthy. You know, it's like, okay, I want to value my health. So how what are towards moves in that direction look like for me? And these need to be towards moves that we can kind of like tick off. Do you know what I mean? Like if we're really clear that the value is health, you know, what are towards moves I can make? And towards moves are things we can tick off. So maybe that looks like um, like going to the farmer's market to buy, I don't know, my produce or, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, I think that's a really good example because it's like, A, could give you that connection, the social element of going to the farmer's market. You far more enjoy that. You then feel like you embody that kind of person that you want to be as opposed to, you know, someone else going to the supermarket would be um, exactly, you know, would, would be that as well. But for you, maybe that's not. And and really getting that clarity, like it's not like I'm going to buy more fruit and veggie. It's going to be, well, how am I going to do that? What's going to, yeah. like, what what is that going to feel like to me? Yeah. So if it is like I want to go to the, because I really love, enjoy the farmer's market, cool, what a great, what a great place to go and do that. Totally, totally. And I think one thing that's important is, Uh, there's just this phrase of not setting dead man's goals, you know, so not saying I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that, you know. I don't want to. Why is it called dead man's goals? Because this is what a dead man can do, right? Like if I say, like, I don't want to eat junk food, well, dead people aren't eating junk food, right? So I want to know kind of what you do want, right? you know, like if my health is going to be really important this year, like, what do you want? What do you want your life to look like? 
you know, if that future you in three years' time is living this amazing kind of health-guided life, what does that look like? What are the type of people you're interacting with? Like, what do your days look like? You know, when you're working, how can you build in towards moves into that day? Because remember, it doesn't matter the size of the step, but it is really important to be travelling in that direction. Mm. And maybe it's even the, like, when you look at that and go, well, actually, the workplace that I'm in or the job that I'm in isn't actually facilitating that. You might say, cool, well, I can't necessarily change that this week, but in three years' time, I can certainly work towards getting to like something that I'm more enjoying, I'm more passionate about, or I'm more like a workplace that I, you know, that I more want to be in that's going to help facilitate the life that I want to be in. Exactly. And so recognizing like, hey, maybe that that workplace goal isn't realistic for me right now. So mm. what are towards moves that I can control right now? You know? Yeah, that's such a good thing. So setting that, okay, what is it that I want to what is it that I want to, who's the kind of the person that I want to be? What's the identity of that person? Um, and then what are the towards moves that I can kind of tick off every week and not setting them, setting them as things I want to do as opposed to things I don't want to do. Like I'm not going to eat sugar this year. Well, I think that's a really good point to make is not making dead man's goals because it's like it's, even though the the outcome of that is that the one time you do have sugar, you you will have completely failed that goal because the, it's such a finite thing. Like I won't have that, and so it's completely unrealistic. Instead, we call it crowding out. So you would go, cool. Well, I'm going to prioritize more vegetables and proteins into my diet. Right, that that's going to make up most of the time. So it doesn't really matter the one or two times, even a week that you have sugar, because the other ninety percent of times you've had the food that are going to support the goal that you are the, or the, the person that you want to be. Exactly. And so when we do make an away move, for example, it doesn't mean that everything is lost. You know, our progress isn't lost because guess what? We can make another towards move like right now. Yeah. What do, like, if we are getting hooked on those feelings of I've failed, I've like, I, even though I set myself this, that I wanted to, um, this was kind of the person that I want to be in a year, this is the identity, these are the kind of things that that person does. Say I, you know, it gets into two weeks' time and, and already, like, um, I feel like I've failed because something's happened. How do I get, like, unhooked from those, that thought? Such a great question. Um, there's a couple of things. You know, I think firstly it goes back to what we were just talking about. If, if I let this thought hook me and boss me around, is that going to be helpful? You know, is that going to get me on track, back on track to kind of being the person that I want to be? Secondly, I, it's important to step back and just notice our thoughts are just thoughts, mm. right? Our thoughts come and go. You know, they don't define us. This is our mind's job. You know, our mind's job is to chat away to us 24-7. We are not our thoughts. So being able to step back and just notice, that's just my mind doing its thing, right? But third, and I'd say kind of most importantly, is treating yourself with compassion. So treating yourself with kindness. You know, if your friend was telling you this exact thing, you know, of, oh my gosh, you know, I was trying really hard to be healthy and then, you know, I just went through the drive-through or I just got takeaways or I just did whatever, you know, how, how would you respond to them? What would you say to them? You know, you might be like, hey, you're human. That's okay. You know, oh, I bet that was really delicious. Mm. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. You know, and yeah, exactly. That was, a, that was a small detour on your road trip. Exactly. You know, and okay, how can I kind of get back on the road that I want to mm. be traveling on? So, yeah, it's it's responding to yourself with kindness, treating yourself with the kindness that you would treat others with, 
right? So if I would say to my friend, hey, you're human, it's like it's totally not realistic to expect yourself to just, you know, eat a certain way 24-7 for the rest of your life. That's just not reality, you know, like being able to kind of internalize that for yourself and say, I'm human. That's not realistic. It's okay, you know, and it's possible for me to get back on that road. So good. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Sophia. That has been incredible. I think that, uh, I mean, I'm certainly going to change the way that I, and I have done over the past few years as well, but even more so creating that um, identity and maybe thinking about some of the things and thoughts that I might be hooked on about myself that I want to challenge and, well, not necessarily challenge, but go, is this being helpful? Is this actually um, or is this helping to take, take me towards the person I want to be or is it just a really unhelpful thought? Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a helpful discussion and, and I really hope that this can kind of inspire some people to, you know, make those towards moves and get out there and kind of be the person they want to be. Now stand by for our disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast has been prepared for the purpose of providing information, including about the PCOS Nutritionist products and services, and is designed to support clients' overall wellness. It is not intended to provide medical advice or designed to rectify, treat, or cure any specific medical conditions or diseases. Nothing stated or shared in our podcast is intended to be and must not be taken to be medical advice. Please seek the advice of professionals, as appropriate, regarding the evaluation of any specific information, opinion, advice or content contained in our podcast.